1: This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. All right, so Eric, let's talk risk aversion. Now, when you say
0: that, most people don't really, I don't think, think of that Term, right? So when what does it mean when someone tells you they're risk averse? Of course, they don't. They don't say that, right? They probably just say, "Hey, I'm worried about risk."
2: Right, like people don't call their kids dependents. Right. Like, Hey, <laughs> meet my li- meet my little dependents. That's the legal term for them. I'm a tax stamp. That would um, be really funny though if we <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah. Here's dependent one? here's dependent two? <laughs> they don't name um, your kid that. <laughs> So when they tell me the risk of versus, what I equate that to is you just don't like ever seeing a negative on a statement. Okay. Because, you know, okay, this quarter, let's say I got my 401k statement. The beginning of the quarter it was worth $100,000. I added $5,000. So it should be at 105 at least, and it's worth 96. So <laughs> I put money in, and it went down. So that's risk-aversion. They don't like seeing that.
0: Yeah, Because most people,
2: yeah, you don't – they try to mitigate their risk as much as possible in their lives. Think about this. When you get in the car, what do you put on? Seatbelt, right? Well, one, it's the law, but two, it's risk aversion, right? You tend to, when you're going on vacation, maybe you check and make sure things aren't left on. You don't leave the iron plugged in. You don't leave – you know things yeah. that could
0: and you go through like five times to make sure you turned everything off before you leave yeah.
2: right yeah so risk averse on a lot of the things are lives um so that's why I think people they just don't like seeing negatives and they say I'm I'm risk averse it's just they don't like losing money because the market only went up then guess where everyone would be they'd be in the stock market sure yeah Right. Okay. Right. Easy peasy at that point.
0: Yeah. So obviously, we, we most of us come in, a lot of folks come in and sit down with you. That's the typically the case there. And there's not very many, I'm sure, that say, hey, I want to take as much risk as possible. Unless, of course, they feel like they're uh, behind the eight ball and they're trying to catch up and make up lost ground, in which case you have to have conversations and work through all that. So why do so many people claim that they are risk averse? But then when you do start to dissect their portfolios, let's say, for the first time, they're coming in and sitting down, a new potential client. Uh, You find all their money or a lot of their money in risky places.
2: Because people's definition of risk is different than Wall Street's definition of risk. It's like the definition of moderate. When people say, I'm moderate, and I ask them, well, how much do you think a moderate portfolio can go down? Because moderate seems to be everyone wants to be moderate, right? I'm kind of middle of the road. I'm not extreme on either side because... What we've seen is that if you say I'm extreme left or extreme right, that's got all these other different connotations to it, right? So if I'm an aggressive investor versus a conservative investor, so people say, I want to be moderate. I kind of want the best of both worlds. And when I ask them, say, you know, a moderate portfolio, how much they can go down, they say, I don't know, 15 or 20%. I say, okay, well, that's your definition. However, Wall Street's definition of they build a moderate portfolio, it could go down almost by 35%. So that's way outside of Hmm, what your definition is. So, a better way to approach this is what we use is a behavioral analytics tool called Riskalyze, and so we put in your information in there, and then it starts to ask some questions. There's algorithms that start to kick in, and you all you have to do is answer A or B. You know, I, I tell people it's like going like playing. A, let's make a deal, right? You got two <laughs> two curtains. You can choose curtain A or curtain B, and then at the end of that, it comes up with a number, right, from one to ninety nine, and so it's very easy to so, say, okay, let's say you come in at a fifty two, and then we look at your portfolio. so your portfolio is an eighty three. Well, it's easy to tell, hey, those don't match, right? Gotcha. So that's a better way to do it rather than say, I'm moderate or conservative or aggressive, which tends to be the three. And then they kind of change it up a little bit and said, I'm moderately conservative or moderately aggressive. You know, you have five to choose from. But people don't understand the risk that they have because they're just choosing things in their plan. A lot of them are target date funds. So, okay, if I'm going to retire in 2025, I'm going to choose a 2025 fund, right? Well, that may be just the right amount of risk or might be more risk than what you need. Really, you need to determine what kind of return you need to make to make your plan work and then work it backwards from there. That's an easier way to approach it rather than yeah, you know, I'm just going to choose something that matches up to my tar- my retirement date.
0: Yeah, and again, often people are surprised at how much more at risk they are when you run that risk riskalyze, and it's kind of like a sleep number, right? Getting that number assigned to you, and then figuring out you know how to tweak it and find the optimal spot for you. Okay, that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. And, and again, of course, folks, if you if risk is something that is top of mind for you, that's something they can help you with. You just have to let them know. Everybody's situation is different. Everybody has something. When we do these shows, we talk in generalities, and people pick up a useful nugget or two. And reach out So maybe You know One week It's You know We were talking About social security In a way That struck a chord With you Or so on and so forth So talking about risk If that's something You feel like you are too exposed to some risk and you want to get a, a chance to review that, let them know there's no cost or obligation for your own retirement readiness review. And that is part of it. So 515-226-1500 is the number to call. So Eric, can you describe a situation for us where, again, one of these folks come in, they're carrying a lot more risk than they realize, and then how you work through that process. You kind of told us a little bit what the risk aligns, but how do, you, how do we help people understand that I guess, from a mental aspect?
2: Well, we put in dollar figures. Okay. So when we do a portfolio analysis, it's going to show us what the standard deviation is, the R-squared, the alpha, the betas. Um, those are all risk measurement statistics type of things. Okay. But then also it'll do this, um, if you remember, bell curves, so standard deviations. So it'll show us what the three standard deviations down is. On your portfolio, which means that's going to encompass ninety nine point nine percent of the um, potential returns that portfolio will have. Right. Then it also takes it a step further and says, okay, if you held the same stuff, how did it do in two thousand and eight nine? So we put kind of a worst case scenario on that because that falls out of the standard deviation, believe it or not. So we put that up there, and then we then we equate it in dollars. So we say, okay, your portfolio has potential to lose, let's say thirty seven point eight percent. Well, on your current portfolio, that actually means Again, if it's a million-dollar portfolio, $378,000. Hmm. Are you comfortable with that?
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, what, can your retirement, what can you do in retirement with $378,000? And they're like, <laughs> well, I can do a lot of stuff in retirement. Right. Exactly. So that, that what we call is the capacity for loss. I tell a story in my book about T. Boone Pickens. So the oil billionaire, at the height of the market in 2007, he was worth $4 billion. At the bottom of the market in 2009, he was worth $1 billion. So he lost three billion dollars, seventy-five percent of his wealth mm. in two years. Right, and when he was interviewed on CNBC. He said, "I'm fine. Right, <laughs> I'm still worth a billion dollars. I right. can still buy milk, bread, and eggs. I can st- I can wait for those things to work themselves out." Because he was big in natural gas and a lot of it in the market. And guess what? Worked itself back out. And he's now passed on. But you know, he was still worth a billion dollars. So right. the more money you have, the more risk you can actually take, believe it or not. But then it's a comfort factor about why give it up if you don't have to. Sure. You know, sometimes when you've won the game, you kind of stop playing the game, right? So, so just that's where you need to get that need. What return do I need to make? And then start look for alternatives. And so maybe you can tuck some money safe away and then, you know, gamble with the rest. Kind of like when you, you know, if you're winning at a blackjack table, let's say you start with a hundred bucks and you're up to $200, maybe take that 200 off the table. Now you've doubled your money and then party with the rest, right? Or use the rest to gamble with. Now, if you lose that, it's not a big deal. You still had your return. So sometimes taking some winnings off the table is a smart play.
0: Yeah, and a lot of us, you know, we think about that some somebody in a situation like that, we can't afford to lose, you know, thirty percent or forty percent because of, especially with our retirement money. So again, understanding our risk and, and our tolerance for it and how we're exposed is a critical component of a retirement game plan in general. And and so what might a plan look like and this I guess is where Eric, I feel like people We've gotten pushed into this mindset of two things. So, a retirement plan that's structured for somebody who is risk averse, they think, well, it's either the market or cash. If I if I don't want to have risk, well, I can't be in the market, so I'll just guess I'll sit in cash. But then I'm not making anything. But it seems like that's the only two options people feel like they have.
2: Right, and there's there's a whole other world of options that are there. We talked about them many times on here, but those are issued by you know insurance companies, and what they do is underneath the insurance company is using a play on options on the markets. So the thing is, when you buy options on a specific index, let's say, you get the right to do something, but that means you also have the right not to do it. So, options have um, they have an expiration time, so exp- over time, and then a price. So, for this example, let's say that the option uh, price is a thousand, and we fast forward, and that option or that market is trading at twelve hundred. Okay. So, the insurance company exercised their right to pay a thousand for something they can sell at twelve hundred at the exact same moment. They use that money then to give you. A return based on the movement of that index okay so when the market goes up you go up with it but let's fast forward and say the market is at 800 okay and this price is a thousand the insurance company is not going to exercise their right to pay a thousand for something that's only worth 800 so they're going to let that option expire worthless because they have the right to do that what they were out is the money they committed towards those options which means that was the interest they would have normally paid you which means you got a zero in that instance so here in this environment, zero is the worst case you could have, but you could have the potential for greater returns. Mm. And some of these will give you, you know, forty percent of the upside of the market. There's all kinds of restrictions, so you need to examine these. And that's why when we use them for clients, we make sure they're fully aware of all the limitations and things like that, and the claims paintability the insurance company, all that kind of stuff. But they are fantastic tools for people that say, "Hey, I want to put a concrete floor under this money. I don't never want to go down, but I want to make some." some returns better than what cash is paying and I do know that the returns in the market over the long term have always been great or positive at least so I'm going to get some of those not all of them but then I also have money that's in the market so if the market is down I got a safe place to take my income from that I need in retirement or if the market's up I can take it from either bucket so it just makes it very simple for people planning the other nice thing is no fees on those so they reduce their fees on their safe money as well